Hi, everybody. Welcome to Chiropractical, a brand new podcast about chiropractors for chiropractors. Thank you for the tremendous response to episode one. At NCMIC, our motto is to take care of our own, and this podcast is just another example of how we do that. The show is designed to help you regardless of where you are in your career. We have access to the best and the brightest minds within the chiropractic profession and beyond. We're going to bring you unique and practical resources to help make your practice more successful. Hi all, I'm Melissa Knudsen and I've been with NCMIC for 15 years. I'm also a mom of three and I have a tremendous passion for helping others improve their business and their life. Hi, this is Chick and I am Melissa's co-host for Chiropractical. I'm a lifelong learner and I love to help people like you be more successful. Melissa and I are incredibly excited about today's episode because we have two phenomenal guests that will share great insights. Our first guest is Joey Coleman, and Joey brings an energy and a passion like no other, but specifically, he brings an expertise around how you spend so much time chasing and seeking out new patients only to get them and then not create a memorable and unique customer experience. Did you know that there is an organization that can help everyday people understand the benefits of chiropractic care and at the same time help you increase your referrals? That organization is the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. And we're joined today by their Executive Vice President, Dr. Sherry McAllister. Chick, we've dragged this on long enough. Let's go ahead and get this podcast started. Has this ever happened to you? After contemplating whether you want to make a purchase of a product or a service, you finally make the decision. And if you're like me, it's a lot of contemplation before I pull the trigger. You sign the contract or you purchase the service and part of you is relieved, but part of you is a bit stressed because there's a twinge in the bottom of your stomach that you may have made the wrong decision. And then all of a sudden you're a customer and you have a need and you reach out to the person that relentlessly marketed to you and pursued you, but they're nowhere to be found. They're off seeking their next conquest and seeking their next customer. Well, if so, you're not alone. And this is an all too common situation, which is why I am absolutely thrilled to have our next guest, Joey Coleman on. Joey is an expert at helping companies design remarkable customer experiences He's the author of a book called How to Never Lose a Customer Again, which I'm actually taking my team through right now as a book discussion for their development. He is the founder and chief experience composer of Design Symphony. And what is neat is I've had the opportunity to be with Joey face-to-face. He is from Iowa, lives in Colorado, and he was nice enough to come to the headquarters of NCMIC and spend some time with our leadership team. So, Joey, thank you for being here. Uh, Welcome. Oh, Chick, thanks so much for that kind introduction. And it is super exciting to be here on the podcast, to be talking to uh, a profession and a bunch of doctors who I have a lot of admiration for and appreciation of. Uh, I've been a patient of chiropractic care myself since I was 16 years old. And I think it is a huge gift that your listeners and the chiropractors out there in the world give to the world and excited to share some conversations today about how we might get them more noticed and able to connect with their patients even more. So thanks for having me. Well, and you just hit one of the core purposes of chiropractical, which is to, we certainly focus on the profession itself, but we also always have a segment that is bringing in information from beyond the profession that can be applied. 
to someone that has a small practice or a mid-sized practice. I've been to enough chiropractors to know that if you adjust, you know, T3, it might have an interaction that is far away from T3 has a result. And I think that's the great thing about business. We can move a dial over in one spot, make an adjustment, so to speak, and have an outcome or a result in a completely different part of our business that we might've thought isn't really connected, but the reality is it's all connected. So from a fundamental perspective, one thing that I believe people get confused and they use these two terms interchangeably is customer experience and customer service. And I would love to have your take on that. And if you hear the same thing, and for our listeners, if you can help clarify the difference. Absolutely. And, and I think it's a, uh, it's a common mistake, I agree with you, or a common miscomparison. Uh, and it's understandable, right? Because the words get used by a lot of businesses to mean the same thing when I personally believe they're very different. So I would define customer service is that assistance or advice that is provided by a company to people who buy their products or service right? So you buy a product or a service and you need some help from the company, you're going to talk to customer service. Customer experience, however, is how the customer perceives the interactions they have with your company. Not only their interactions with the customer service team, but with your sales team, your accounting team, your website, the mailers you send, the advertisements they see. See, I think of customer service as being reactive. There's a problem, uh-oh, we better get customer service involved to help smooth things over and make it better. Whereas customer experience is proactive. What do we do before we're interacting with the customer to design touch points and interactions and emotional uh, connections into every aspect of our business or every aspect of our practice. And I think the more we do that, not only the more fun we have, because it actually connects us back to probably why we got into business in the first place, but it dramatically changes how the customer feels. And when you started earlier by saying, you know, you make this purchase and then it's like, wait, what happened? The number one reason that customers leave or that patients leave is because they feel neglected after the sale is made. Well, and I recall you talking about how most customer attrition or patient attrition, it just slowly happens. And customers don't raise a flag and say, hey, Dr. Coleman, I'm out of here. I'm not coming back. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you can do to mitigate that. Absolutely. Well, Chick, as the kids say today, most customers ghost you, right? They just leave. <laughs> they don't tell you. They don't say, hey, I'm exiting the party. They don't say, hey, I'm leaving because you did X, Y, Z to me. The only time they ever really say that is if it's been something terribly egregious. And here's the crazy thing. If it's been so egregious that the patient is going to explain to you their reason for leaving, chances are you or your staff knew that it was coming. Right. right. Not always, but I would say the great majority of the time, the ones that I get nervous about are the ones that just drift away. They've got they've been coming for three or four appointments. Things are going well. They've got an appointment and they miss it. So you reach out and you say, hey, we'd like to reschedule. And they say, yeah, yeah I'm just real busy right now. I'll get back to you next week. All the research shows that somewhere between 20 and 70 percent of new patients will decide to stop doing business with you before the 100 day anniversary, 20 to 
Now, I don't know about you, Chick. To me, that is a gaping hole in the side of businesses and practices around the world because those are the averages globally across mm -hmm. all industries that most people aren't talking about. Everybody wants to talk about acquisition. Everybody wants to talk about marketing and sales. How do we fill the funnel? How do we get new people? How do we drive people to the door? How do we get more people to come to our educational events so that we can sell them on the benefits of chiropractic? I get it. That's all important. But if that's the only conversation you're having, you're missing the fact that as quickly as you're bringing them in the front door, they're running out the back door. And it is impossible to build a sustainable business without having a focused consideration of retention. What are we doing to keep the patients that we work so hard to get? How do we keep them happy? And the reality is if you focus on retention, it decreases your marketing spend and increases your profits. Quick example of how that works. Number one, the more patients stay with you, the more they become referral sources. So you don't have to spend as much money on marketing to new people, kind of the spray and pray hope of let's throw a bunch of things out there and maybe we'll get lucky and somebody will decide to be a patient. I would rather have raving fans out in the marketplace telling folks, you got to go see Dr. Herbert. You know, you got to make this happen. So the moral of the story here is there's a real opportunity to create more referrals that most practices miss. And the reason they miss it is because either they're asking too soon or they're not asking at all and they're not taking care of them. Now, this isn't all just about huggy, touchy, feely, right? This affects right. the bottom line too. Research out of Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School, and Bain and Company, the folks who came up with net promoter score that mm -hmm. many of the DCs listening will have heard of. The research actually shows that if we get 5% of the patients who would leave to stay, just 5%, it will increase your profits, not your revenues, your profits, 25 to 100%. Folks, this stuff impacts your bottom line too. It's not just about feeling better about taking care of people and quote unquote doing the right thing. It's about building a sustainable business enterprise going forward. And Joey, I know 100 days is the magic marker in that first part of the customer life cycle. Does the profitability come in down the road? So if you are able to keep a patient past 100 days, then what? Yeah, so the research shows that uh, with the typical patient, if they are thrilled on day 101 with the relationship, the average patient, the average customer will stay for five years. So I would ask all of those folks listening, how many of the patients in your practice have been with you for five years or more? And how many have been with you for five years or less? And my gut instinct is the majority have been with you for five years or less. And the ones you love and the ones that continue to come like clockwork and the ones that allow you to keep the lights on and pay your staff are the ones who have been there for five years or more. I just want to move the dial. I want to slide them into a longer relationship because we also know if you think about a patient coming to see you twice a week, okay? That's eight times per month. We're into month three, which is pushing up on that 100 days. And if you don't get them over that hump, you're in trouble. And when you feel connected to your patients in a personal and emotional way, your staff feels connected to your patients in a personal and emotional way. And what we're finding is what humans have been desperately searching for, especially in the last, I'll say, 40 to 50 years of industry, 
is feeling connected mm-hmm. to their work, feeling that there's some meaning, that there's some purpose. And respectfully, we had a period here, I would say, starting in about the 70s and running through until the present, where more and more employees have become disengaged. The rates of disengagement in corporate America folks, are staggering. Okay, mm-hmm. the number of people who are, you know, just come to work to punch the clock and to get their paycheck, but they don't like what they do is insane. And when I talk to chiropractors and their staffs, I often get similar feedback. Owners or lead chiropractors saying, well, the other associate doctors just don't seem as connected to this as I am. They don't seem to care as much or saying, well, you know, the staff just doesn't have the same level of commitment that I do. And what I always ask those chiropractors is, What is your level of commitment to your associates? What is your level of commitment to your staff? Yeah, I always, my favorite saying is about half your staff quit. They just forgot to tell you and they keep coming to work. Oh, so true. 100% chick, 100%. And nothing drags a business or drags a practice down faster than disengaged employees. The big problem that all businesses have Uh, and I see it in chiropractic as well, is we ask for referrals too early and in a clumsy way. You should never ask for a referral until the patient has actually accomplished the goal that they had when they originally decided to be a patient. So if I'm a patient and I come to you because I'm like, doc, my neck really hurts. I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, it's it's probably from sitting on my computer all day, but my neck really hurts. How can you help me? And you start working on this. Most of the folks listening know that it's probably not going to resolve itself on visit number one. It's probably not going to resolve itself on visit number four. Not only are we going to have to do the maintenance to get you not feeling the pain, but we're going to have to educate you and and get you convinced that you want to start using a standing desk and you want to elevate your monitor and you want to limit the amount of time you spend at the computer. There are a lot of contributory factors to the pain that go beyond just the adjustment of the spine. And I don't say that to diminish the value of chiropractic, but everybody listening knows that there are these externalities and these external factors that are impacting on the experience. If you ask me after the first visit to make referrals, I'm not going to do it. And the reason I'm not going to do it is you haven't proven to me that you're worth the time, effort, and money. And I'm not going to put my reputation on the line to make a referral. Now we're dealing, you're asking me to put my reputation on the line. Right. So you want to ask later. Slow it down a little, folks. You'll get there. Now, I get that that means more work. I get that it means you need to extend the relationship longer. But if your conversion rate on the referrals is better, I think it's worth it. Because I don't know about you, Chick, I have yet to meet not only a chiropractor, but anyone in business, any business owner who's ever said to me, Joey, I'm all good on referrals. I don't need any more. Really good stuff. And Joey, I don't know that I shared this with you and I don't know that any of us have, but when you were here, we talked about the importance of us in serving this profession that our people understand the day in the life of a chiropractor. And many of our folks that are out on the road and at conventions and conferences do, but we now send our customer service people in their onboarding, they go spend time at a chiropractic office so that they can love it. And that was a result of you so that they can have empathy and understand 
why someone may be in a hurry or to look for cues and clues in a conversation to make sure that if they're in a hurry, let's not small talk, let's take care of what they need, but let's, if they want to chat, let's understand that. So I just wanted to share that with oh, you. Well, because thank you, Chick. I did not know that. And I appreciate you sharing it. That's fantastic. You know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that so that they have empathy. I believe that the number one differentiator for the next 20 years, probably 20 years minimum, maybe as much as 50 years is going to be empathy. And man, if there's anything we have learned, I mean, we're recording this in June of 2020, not to date ourselves, but if, if there, when you're listening to this, there's, there's anything we've learned in the last few months is that we need more empathy. We need more empathy as humans. We need more empathy as Americans. We need more empathy as community members, right? We need to think more and feel more about what it's like outside of our skin, what it's like outside of our life experience. Because when we do that, it allows for what I think is the greatest part of the human condition, the connection, the, the feeling that you're part of something bigger than yourself. And I love that you've implemented that as part of your onboarding with the team. And I imagine it is already producing results, not only in terms of how confident the team feels about their job, but the connections they're actually able to make with the doctors that they serve. Absolutely. And in a phone conversation, having the ability to visualize what that person's environment looks like and feels like and patients are coming in, et cetera. Well, Joey, I could talk to you for about another six hours, <laughs> but is there a closing thought you want to leave with our audience? Let me say this. We just talked about empathy and I have a lot of empathy for how difficult it is to be a chiropractor. I've never been a chiropractor. I have many who are friends. I have many who are clients, both in terms of private coaching and group coaching. Um, but what I recognize is that it's a very, very difficult job. The chiropractor aspect. Now, the small to medium-sized business owner aspect is a whole other layer of complexity and difficulty that makes, in some ways, the chiropractor aspect look like child's play because let's be candid, you got more training in how to be a chiropractor than you did in how to be a small business owner. I don't say that to be critical of any of the chiropractic schools, but it's the same in every profession, right? So lots of times we're trying to figure this out as we go and we're so committed to the passion of what we've signed on for and we're so carrying the burden of running it as a business that it gets to be a real challenge. Here's what I would suggest to your listeners. Try to reconnect as regularly as possible with why you got into this profession in the first place. You probably didn't get into this profession to review balance sheets or to think about payroll or to try to decide what your marketing spend should be. My gut instinct is you got into this business to care for your fellow human. Try to reconnect with that. And the thing I love about the work I do around customer experience and patient experience and employee experience is that it connects people back to the reason they actually got into the job. I find that if you double down there, not only will you feel happier, but it will actually improve the business side of your practice as well. So I know it's a difficult task, but I also know that folks who become chiropractors are up to a difficult challenge. It's the nature of people who are drawn to this profession. 
chick. I know a lot of people who are listening, they might've been driving or working out or doing the dishes or whatever it may be. It's the joy of podcast, right? I've put together a first hundred days implementation kit. It's a downloadable PDF that outlines each of the eight phases. It recaps them in the context of chiropractic. Now, normally, if you were to go to my website regularly and download that, uh, you'd get the general one for all businesses. But because I love chiropractors so much and because I was so honored to be a guest on your show, I put one together specifically for chiropractors. So all you need to do is go to joeycoleman.com. That's J-O-E-Y, like a five-year-old you know somewhere. Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, like the camping equipment, but no relation. Joey Coleman dot com slash chiropractors plural because there's a lot of you listening chiropractors plural all lowercase when you get to that page you'll be able to download for free a pdf that explains the eight phases and will help you do the implementation. Not only is it full of ideas of how to do this, but it includes blank worksheets for you to use with your staff. Because the last thing I'll say on this is, we talked throughout the conversation about engaging your employees and how employee engagement and patient engagement go hand in hand. And on that note, thank you. Thanks, Chick. It was a pleasure being here. I really appreciate the conversation today. Hi, I'm Mike Whitmer with NCMIC. Doctors ask me all the time about risk management issues they are facing in practice. We wanted to address these questions for you each episode of Chiropractical. We call it Ask NCMIC. If you have questions for us, you can send us an email at askncmic at ncmic.com. This episode's question comes from Dr. Dave in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Dave asks, I hear document, document, document a lot. What is the most common documentation error doctors make and why is that important in a malpractice case? We asked John Floyd, one of our expert defense attorneys in Nashville, Tennessee, to address this question. In my practice, I've been doing this for about 31 years and what I find the biggest mistake that's made in documentation is failing to record where the location of the treatment was performed. And I always tell my doctors, if they'll follow the SOAP format, subjective, objective, assessment, and plan, then typically those notes will be sufficient for me to be able to defend them effectively at trial. When we're discussing the chiropractic side of the defense, the failure to document the location of the adjustment comes down now to he said versus she said. The plaintiff says that it was at this particular area, and usually that's typically associated with the location of the ultimate injury. And the doctor says, no, I did not adjust you or did not treat you in that area. And so he has nothing to back up on other than his exam. So if you can put the location of the treatment, then even if you don't have a complete examination recorded, that case can still be defended or that doctor's treatment can still be defended. This is Melissa Knudsen, and I'm joined today by Dr. Sherry McAllister. Dr. McAllister not only operates a successful chiropractic practice, but she gives back daily to the profession as the Executive Vice President of the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. She's an athlete, a mom, and most certainly far smarter than Chick and I, so we're glad to have her here with us today. Welcome, Dr. McAllister. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure and an honor. Well, tell me about your connection to the now postponed 2020 Olympics. 
So the, the commercial is a 30 second commercial. It showcases a Olympic athlete who was injured in the Sydney Olympics. And what ended up happening was they said that she wasn't going to be able to compete. She met with the team chiropractor and he had adjusted her and she was then able to compete and do very well. She was so moved by the moment where she was told she wasn't going to be able to compete to the place where she could compete and do very well that she started once she had finished her Olympic career to think, what do I want to do with my life? I was so touched and she became a chiropractor. And the best part of the story that always gives me chills is now she is caring for Olympic athletes for the 2021 Olympics. So it's a full circle story from being an injured athlete all the way to becoming a chiropractor and now treating Olympic hopefuls. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a 30 second commercial. It's going to air five times during the summer Olympics. So we want all our patients to be aware of it. And during the next um, 18 months, we're going to be showcasing posters of Olympic athletes supporting us, social media, video, sound bites. We're going to have white papers and infographics and articles written about why we're in the Olympics um, as an ad and just really adopting that enthusiasm and excitement for what we believe is the future of chiropractic is really optimizing people's performance. Yes, we can always help people in pain, but our true ultimate opportunity is really to enhance everybody's health and bring them to a place where they just feel vibrant and strong. You can't get better than that when you can stand aside and someone tells you how you made a difference. And, and that's just a, a glorious opportunity. So for every chiropractor listening to this right now, I can't be more proud of the work that you're doing in your profession, but most importantly, how much we're going to make an epic impact next year. So please join me in making sure we get that information out and we get every patient excited about the Olympics and chiropractic care. Now for any listener that's listening right now, how could they get involved? The first step, if you haven't already, we have group membership with the state association. So if you're a state association member, be sure to check with your leadership because you may already have a membership with the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Great. Now, many of our listeners are passionate about spreading awareness of their role in the larger medical community. What tools are available to them to continue this dialogue? This is one of the key pieces as a, as a chiropractor in practice that really meant something to me when I became the EVP for the foundation is how do I reach out effectively and with quality, well-researched information? So we pride ourselves at the foundation to ensure that we get the latest information out to you. And we do it in a variety of ways. But for collaborating in your environment, what we have is a white paper that is called The Rise of Collaborative Health Settings. This is a lovely way to share it with a healthcare provider in your neighborhood that you love to showcase what you do as a chiropractor, and they may know nothing about chiropractic. Sometimes we just assume, oh, you know everything, but, they, but you have to step back sometimes and just take baby steps with them. Send them a white paper, and that one is a, a big download paper that we have out there. The other one is we put together a marketing implementation toolkit 
And it kind of walks you through the how to reach out to the healthcare providers in your community and build collaboration. And it's thinking outside the box. Whenever I go out on the road, and I do quite a bit until this unfortunate pandemic came, but that's the first thing that was gone off my table is the what we call the definitive chiropractic resource manual. It's literally the latest research out there and a little abstract on what it is and how you can effectively use it if you're writing a letter, writing an email, and you want to bring in some, some background information on the effectiveness of chiropractic care. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what would you say if, you've, if there's a listener who's timid or apprehensive or afraid to make those connections with other healthcare providers, what would you say to that, DC? I would start with an email and just introducing yourself and maybe putting a link into what your practice is. Then I'd wait a couple of weeks, see if you hear back. The timid and shy are my best because they come with no ego and they're really unsure of how this is going to go. But believe me, on the other side of that equation is the humble healthcare provider just like you whether it's a nurse, a yoga practitioner, a primary care physician, an orthopedic surgeon, they're there too doing the best they can to help their patients. They hopefully will respond. And if they don't, that's when we start sending a hard copy. Well, I like you have a lot of different tools and resources and things. So you can sort of hit whatever mode of communication the chiropractor likes. Right. Sounds like there's a lot of tools out there to do that. So I think that's that's great. So speaking of email, so today I was reading my email, reading all of the news. There's all kinds of struggle happening in the world. How do these challenges all impact the future of chiropractic? The, the COVID has created a lot of new opportunities for the chiropractic profession. And I'd also like the listeners today, if you haven't already read this, the Spine 2017 Adams, the paper's called The Prevalence Patterns and Predictors of Chiropractic Use Among um, U.S. Adults. What this paper outlines is many reasons why individuals choose to seek chiropractic care, which includes for general wellness, general disease prevention, improved energy, and athletic and sports performance. This is critical because if we step aside as the chiropractor and we read that study again, it gave us the keys to the castle. That's why we all went to chiropractic. It's feed them the information to be at their very best. And it also led to the change in telehealth, which was uh, a major part of the patients being able to interact while we're chiropractors, we want to keep our hands on, we actually do so much more. And the more we dive into this telehealth world, the more we thrive. We're thriving on our patients seeing us and talking to us because they can't make it to the office, but they still want to get a couple of feedback on their exercises, their posture, the current event that just happened while they were gardening. And can you help me just walk me through some of it? What do you think? What should I do? So it's our time, folks. And everybody on this call should be getting ready to just explode in practice because trust me, They've been at their poor workstations, poor sleeping habits, poor nutrition, and they're loving us because they know they're going to get the information that is necessary for them to care for their health of themselves as well as their families. 
I don't disagree. As I sit here in my home office and I've got this chair that uh, it wasn't intended to be sat in for long periods of time, but here we exactly. are. And um, tried to make my desk as ergonomic as possible with reams of paper. But I, I don't doubt that there are so many people that are out there that are going to need chiropractic care for sure. more than ever, especially as the fear of COVID and everything else is happening um, and taking that telehealth side of it and treating more. Uh, then they may expect a chiropractor to be able to do. If we position ourselves as thought leaders for whole health, we can create better opportunities to really invest in our patient's care. And that was one of the, the big reasons why our pivot to enhance your health with chiropractic was so important. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to take your crystal ball. Okay, yeah. so we're looking at our crystal ball. How do you see the story of chiropractic playing out in the community going forward in the future? So for chiropractors in the future, I think we have one of the brightest opportunities ahead. The chiropractors invested in your health as a whole, whether it's enhancing it from the average everyday person or it's an Olympic athlete who's trying to optimize their performance. And we've never seen a pandemic on an epidemic. And the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine did a whole summit, and they're talking about how to integrate, collaborate, incorporate better options for our patients, because for a doctor, it's then what? And for a patient, it's now what? Those two are really important to get as much information as we can, working with our acupuncturist, our yoga therapist, and of course, the, um, the orthopedists that are there that, you know, they don't want to do surgery because their patient's not ready. So what can we do? Let's get them into the, a non-pharmacological option that really matters. Well, Dr. McAllister, thank you so much for joining us today and for having dialogue and providing us a little bit of nuggets of information to take away. And we certainly appreciate you and everything that you do for the profession. Absolutely. My pleasure. So grateful to NCMIC for being a sponsor of the foundation and look forward to being able to see that Olympic commercial that was sponsored by NCMIC in the future. So Chick, if you can think back in your conversation with Joey, what's one thing that you took away as being the most important? I'll have to boil it down, but the thing that is most important to me is we are so focused on marketing and always in the mode of out shaking hands and meeting new people to try and develop a patient base. And we get them in the door and we often forget about the importance of each of the touch points as they go through as a new patient. And it is so important to be just as focused on that area as it is on marketing and growing your practice through that. It's so much harder to acquire a new customer or a new patient than it is to keep one and, and to keep them happy. So you can't forget about those important pieces along the way. Yeah, and a lot of organizations are guilty of once we've made the sale, which is not necessarily a term you'd use in a chiropractic practice, but it's the same concept. Once we've made the sale, we think it's smooth sailing and we have to recognize that the patient may be in a different place mentally and emotionally mm. because it was a big decision, but they still need to have their decision validated. And sometimes we're already moving on and we're not treating them with that same perspective. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Don't assume. 
don't assume and don't be willy nilly, be intentional and make sure that you create an experience that is very unique and memorable and patient centric. How about you, Melissa? What did you take away from your conversation with Dr. McAllister? Yeah, a lot like Joey, there was a lot of nuggets that that came out of that. But I think one of the bigger pieces is that chiropractors, they're not alone. They have a lot of tools and resources out there to be helpful for them to build their practice and and help them to be successful. Uh, So I think our listeners will hear about all those different tips and tools and things that they can get at the foundation of chiropractic. Yeah, that's a great point. And even though they're not alone, it can feel like you're alone Mm -hmm. when you're in a small business and your head's down and you're focused 12 hours a day, whether it's seeing patients or uh, doing the billing and invoicing and insurance. And it goes back to what we talked about before, the importance of relationships and making sure that you're taking time to build those with others. Yeah, absolutely. It can all be incredibly overwhelming as you're trying to build a practice and maintain a practice. But it's important to lean on others and especially people like Dr. Sherry McAllister and Joey that have those ideas and resources and, and to learn from those things. Well, speaking of resources, we have a number of handouts from both guests that you can find at ncmic.com forward slash chiropractical. So ncmic.com forward slash chiropractical. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time. So be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love for you to leave a review and also share chiropractical with your friends. Bye all. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.